Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Laced Up Podcast featuring the flight Mike, Get Like Coop, and the other Mike, aka Mike Corzemba. Really quickly, I'm not, guys. I'm not the other Mike. I'm not the other Mike. Whoa, 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 hold on. Hold, just accept your role, bro. For the this episode, Mike, no, at least. No, 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 no. All right. Really quickly, before we get to, we'll discuss that later. Really quickly, before we get to the entire podcast, just want to let you guys know, man, we're giving away a next-gen console, either a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X to a subscriber that turns on our notifications for this channel. So literally just subscribe, hit that notification bell. So far, we've only have 8,500 people that subscribed and hit that notification bell for that channel. That's probably the best odds you'll get on YouTube to potentially win a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. Now that we got all that out of the way, gentlemen, you know, what, guys, you know what guys, if you win and you've got 2K, I'll play park with you. I'll play a few games of park. That's, that's easy, if you want to, if you want to. Someone wants to carry. I haven't played 2K in a while, but um, I'm down. Gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Paul Pierce, you guys have Instagram. Coop, you have Instagram. Mike, you have Instagram. I have Instagram. There are things you post on Instagram, you know, maybe some NBA news, maybe some basketball discussion, maybe a nice little personal picture of you and your buddies. And then there are stuff that you should never, ever, post onto your Instagram story, especially if you happen to be hired by ESPN, which is also owned by the biggest evil content empire in our society, Disney. So Paul Pierce went on Instagram Live and posted a video of him turning up with some exotic dancers. Did you guys see it? Guys, it was a boys night, all right, you know, I mean, I don't even think Paul invited those girls. I, they just came. All right. <laughs> I'm not blaming them. <laughs> no Mike, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think, Flight Mike? Flight Mike, what do you, what do you think about the situation? That was such an unexpected you. reaction. You guys didn't even talk. <laughs> honestly, I didn't know where to honestly go I'm not going to lie. I think maybe like both of you thought, you know what? It was for the boys. Maybe ESPN needs to chill. <laughs> It, it was, I mean, like, I'm look, on it, Flight Mike. Flight Mike? I mean, look, there, there was like a couple of things that popped into my head when I saw it. One was, was this thing planned? Because Paul Pierce, I understand he has some weird takes saying that he had a better career than Dwayne Wade or, you know, he, he has some out there takes. But yeah, they're, they're he's horrible not a. Takes. I wouldn't say weird, let's say horrible. Uh, yeah, but. He's not a, he can't, he's not a stupid guy. Like, I'm sure he understands, hey, if I post myself, like, getting drunk with a bunch of exotic dancers at, like, 1 a.m. for 300 of my followers to see on an Instagram Live, oh he would God. know that he's getting fired. All right, for one, I think he thought he was going to get more than 300 viewers. <laughs> I just want to get that out the way right now. I'm looking, I'm right now, I'm on Twitter. I searched Paul Pierce, and that was, like, that's the number one. Paul Pierce really threw it all away for 315 live viewers. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I would be happy with 300 live viewers, but, you know, I'm not Paul Pierce, and I didn't do what he did, so. Well, you know what, one day, one day, guys, in the future of this podcast, when we start going lives, when we, uh, Go live on whatever platform. We'll have we'll have more than three hundred viewers. I believe in that coop. So, one day, <laughs> and you know what? When that day happens, we're taking an advantage, and we're we're one upping Paul Pierce. Whoa! Oh, we're gonna we have we're gonna have French now. We're gonna have 
20 I'm just kidding. My, my fiance is in the room right next door. Yeah. Oh, I was, <laughs> you're getting me excited here, bro. No. Flight uh, Mike will have 20. Yeah. You know what? I'll we'll ship them over to Flight Mike. All right. <laughs> we've got Flight so, Mike and we've got we've got Cuffed Mike. All right. Hey. So here here's the thing. There's no way he did it like. There's no way he did it without thinking he's getting fired, right? There's a part of me that thinks like this was done on purpose. He wanted ESPN to fire him. Do you guys think that? But why? Why would he want ESPN to fire him? Like, where are you going from ESPN? That's like the pinnacle of sports talk. ESPN's falling off. A lot of people don't acknowledge how limiting ESPN is. Before, okay, like, but maybe- who's bigger than ESPN? Like, what do you, what gig do you have to go to that's like possibly bigger than ESPN? Well. Guys, by the way, we are also on Apple and Spotify. The links to the Lace Up podcast for Apple and Spotify will be down below in the description. Please on Apple, subscribe and give us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. I'd imagine that Paul Pierce is sitting in his chair and he's watching JJ Redick. He's watching Steven Jackson. He's watching Matt Barnes. Hell, he's watching Laced Up. I mean, there's so much more money that he could make in podcasting and creating his own sports show than being with ESPN. And ESPN's extremely limiting. We can only take so much competition, honestly. We're already if new. If ESPN <laughs> calls me tomorrow, I'll miss you guys, man. Like, But like, you're different than Paul Pierce. We're talking about a former NBA champion and a Boston Celtics legend. Most basketball fans know who Paul Pierce is, whether you grew up watching yeah, cool. him Sit or down. not. <laughs> Fuck no. Look, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but if I'm Paul Pierce, personally, I mean, I don't know the details of his contract and all that shit, but, you know, he's making 1.5 mil. We know that. I mean, that's a lot. Well, that's a that's a good bit. Here's, um, here's, here's my more. I mean, I don't I don't know. It's hard to imagine it's a money thing, honestly. But if it is, yeah, you like know, you, you have to imagine uh, that um, you have to imagine that Paul Pierce, I'm guessing, wouldn't need 1.5 million. Like what's this man made throughout his career if he. As long as yeah. he didn't throw um, it all well, away. contracts now, contracts now are a lot different, and basketball players are notoriously bad with money. But, yeah, but you know, I mean, I'm sure I, I would hope he would still have money. But regardless, yeah, I, I, th- I think his net worth was like 70 million or something. But, but yeah, like regardless, no way. I'm, if I'm an NBA player, a retired he made 200 one, million dollars in his career. Yeah, let's throw I, away I'm the podcast idea. Let's throw away the podcast idea. He's not starting a fucking podcast. It's All right. See, here's the difference. Here's the difference with me. Here's the difference. There are tiers to this. Okay. So I agree with the money. A lot of times it doesn't come into play as much because obviously they want to get paid. They want to get paid what they're worth. You know, Paul Pierce isn't going to sit around for like 200K, do something. He wants that $1.5 million figure. However, with a guy like Paul Pierce, NBA All-Star, again, made $200 million in his career. It's different than a guy like Richard Jefferson, Richard Jefferson, who didn't make as much and you know is doing his podcast doing his thing or some some lesser guys who get into coaching and that money matters a little more to them paul pierce i think personally again i'm not fully confident about paul pierce's financial situation but i think it's the same thing kind of as like um you know most like high profile athletes when they go into media which is you like keeping your name out there you like keeping your name relevant if you're an NBA player that just doesn't take any kind of job, then you become completely irrelevant. All kinds of sponsorships really kind of go away, all kinds of brands. So, I mean, that's what I would imagine Paul Pierce is doing. I So I also think that with that in mind, ESPN is a great place to be 
with putting your face out there, but maybe he just got too annoyed with the constraints that an ESPN job has. Like you can't be doing nearly anything like this. Like you have to be like Mike was talking about before, you know, this is ESPN is a huge Disney conglomerate. You have to be a model employee if you're gonna work there. And maybe he did just get tired of that. And it looks like, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about Barstool picking him up and stuff. So, I mean, we'll see where he goes. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be a podcast. I don't, but we'll I don't see. know that you have to be like a model employee, but like obviously you can't just be like throwing your business out there and stuff. And if that's the life Paul Pierce wants to live, then um, yeah, I guess that's the life. I'm sure he you wants could do live, more though at a company like Barstool. Yeah, for than sure. You could even, at even, ESPN. Even at Fo- even at Fox Sports, like, do you know how many videos Shannon Sharp posts of himself, like with a bottle of Hennessy and like a cigar, like, you know, like really playing into his personality? He That's may have fair, felt but... fairly limited at ESPN, maybe. And that makes a lot of sense. And you look at what Shannon Sharp has the freedom to do at Fox Sports as well. He has a podcast as well, you know, like so I think in terms of his career, Mike is kind of correct that ESPN is just not Paul Pierce's gig currently. There's not much upside for him to be there. Maybe if he earned a little less, but not now. I don't know if he's if he did it so he could pose with a bottle of Hennessy on Fox Sports either. But, you know, um, his videos like I don't know the way he's acting kind of struck me as like more of a cry for help. Hopefully it's it's not. Hopefully everything is good in the Paul Pierce world. But, you know, with a lot of these high profile guys like uh stuff like that you know sometimes gets swept under the rug for like a greater plan um hopefully he does know what he's doing but i'm just not entirely sure you know you know you make a very interesting point that that i think we i think we neglected this so far did you guys see his apology video the man had sunglasses on dude I live in California. I could tell when someone's stoned out of their mind. And he's just like laughing like, ah, ha, 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 Wait, like a coop, coop, coop. Yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. lives in California. And so that that's that makes him the only person who can tell when someone's stoned. Yeah. Congrats. You saw man. that, right? Hey, I didn't want to you say live anything. in California <laughs> and that you have this radar for weed? <laughs> yeah, most Bro, definitely. Wait, how how many years do I have to live there? That sounds like a pretty useful skill. I mean, I mean, when did you guys legalize it? Where you guys are from? Uh, oh, we just legalized. You guys, New Jersey, baby. Oh, you just legalized it. Okay, so yo, you saw how he was ready to jump the <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, no, he's just like easy bills. to he's tell. Like, All right, like, you know what? March third, like, two thousand twenty, legalization process was started. <laughs> No, it's just like you you like watch him and he's giving this like Wiz Khalifa like laugh saying, oh, my God, I don't really care that I got fired or ha ha ha. Like, yeah, I don't you, know. I, what I think is funny when this kind of stuff happens is that basically the athlete in this case, you know, Paul Pierce or the personality kind of loses control of the story. And sometimes it can turn against them. And that's when they'll be like, yo, chill, guys, hit the brakes. This isn't what happened. But Paul Pierce, I feel like the public perception has kind of been like, like, LOL, this is crazy. Like, Paul Pierce is out here wilding. And then people, you know, he's out, he's tweeting, I can't lose. Even when I lose, I'm winning. And people are like, yo, Paul Pierce is pulling this savvy thing where he's getting out of his ESPN contract. He's going to Barcelona. He's doing everything. You know, maybe, maybe Paul Pierce... It really is just it's a cry for help. Maybe this really is just like, oh, Paul Pierce isn't in the best headspace. But we wouldn't know that because of just the way that people took it. So I guess we'll winning, see. W- 
winning sounds very, uh, very Charlie Sheen-esque. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard needs to be on the Golden State Warriors. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Warriors are wasting Stephen Curry's career. Guys, whoa, also, whoa. wait. Uh, guys, also, I'm in Boston right now. I'm not in New Jersey. Just, just I had, haven't said it. Want you guys to know. Currently in a temporary setup. Guys, right. some Boston people are as angry as um they're portrayed on television. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily blame them. One of their one of Boston their teams is a, kind of is like a very nice city, honestly. It's very, very nice. It's city. a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. It's just their teams have been disappointing over the past few years. I'm going to the game Tom tomorrow, baby. Left. I'm seeing Celtics versus Knicks. Get so this. They get have this. fans in the stands. Yeah, they do. But but get this. All right. I live in New Jersey. I'm about an hour away from Philadelphia, about an hour away from New York. The only two teams I ever watch play, the only two teams I ever go to their games are the Sixers and the Knicks. The Celtics go to Boston, you know? I'm like, okay, let's watch a game. Two games going this on this week. Sixers tonight, Knicks tomorrow. Those were my options. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, so I am in Boston right now. I'm gonna be seeing the Knicks play. And I know Knicks fans, we were just talking about, I said Kawhi Leonard to Golden State. I know Knicks fans want a guy like Kawhi, but what do you guys think about Kawhi Leonard's impending free agency, upcoming free agency? I personally, I don't know why I'm attaching myself to this train, but I'm attaching myself to the Kawhi Leonard Golden State Warriors train. That is where I'm positioning myself. I want to see it. Coop, Not do me. you have a take? Not me. I'm attaching myself to Kawhi to either, hmm, let me think, maybe like Miami or the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans? All right, well, okay. Then I'll, of course, well, I also am on the Bulls. No, 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 no. no, no the no, Bulls no, train no, no, is number no, no, one. No, no, no. Stop, stop. No, no, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Stop, 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 stop. I know what you're going to say. Stop. Stop. The Bulls don't even have cap space. Stop. Stop. Bro, we'll right, get cap space. Say? So... Here's, here's the thing. I love Mike Korzemba's um, take that Kawhi Leonard is probably going to go to the Golden State Warriors because if you remember <laughs> dating all the way back to when he was with the San Antonio Spurs and he had that weird rift with Greg Popovich, the entire time he said he wanted to go back home. Home for him is, I think, San Diego because he went to SDSU, San Diego State University. So technically being in Golden State would have him at home. I think originally his plan was to go and play for the Clippers for the rest of his career and be the face of the Clippers. And I think the Clippers completely botched that opportunity when they decided to ink Paul George to a huge contract extension, which I think wasn't necessarily the greatest move because look, if you're a team like the Bucks, I get it. You know, they just signed Drew Holiday to a four year, $160 million extension because they struggle with getting good all star caliber players. But you're the Clippers. You're a destination now. There's uh, who else players that would want to come and play with you. Yeah. Who I don't else know if the Clippers getting, are a destination. Though. I don't know about that one. I mean, if you Kawhi make Leonard that statement, you got to have another name who they get. Yeah. That name doesn't I mean, exist. I mean, Kawhi, I'm sure someone will go to the Clippers to play with Kawhi Leonard if Paul George left. I don't think I'm so. I, you don't I think honestly, so? Yeah, I no. don't think so. I honestly think. I don't know about that one. I, if, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with some hot takes here. I'm going to say I don't think the Clippers necessarily did anything fully wrong. I think they got their team. 
They yeah. They got Kawhi. They got Paul George. They did what they had to do. They signed Paul George. They're trying to make Kawhi happy. Um, I think that just other teams, as all this was happening, I think other teams made better moves. And the NBA yeah. as a whole, just the talent level rose. And the Clippers now are kind of looking around like, oh, my God, how did all of this happen? Yeah. What the, you know? Let's step outside the realm of being basketball fans. And we're all, we're, I'd say more or less all of us got to the position we're in today because we're fairly savvy businessmen. Mike Korzenba, I know you're a big top shot guy. Coop and I, we talk about our investments all the time. So let's imagine that we're general managers right now, right? You oh, just went, sure. you're the general manager of the Clippers and your team just blew a three to one series lead against the Denver Nuggets. And I've went into like details about potential a potential rift Doc Rivers could have had with Paul George because of some personal issues they had in the past regarding Doc Rivers' daughter dating Paul George. Let's just throw that out of the window as well, okay? The Clippers end up blowing a three to one series lead against the Denver Nuggets. Paul George has the worst series of, of his entire career. And the entire team is in shambles at this point. There's rumors coming out. I don't know if you guys remember. There's rumors coming out about how the entire team didn't like Paul George. Paul George may have pointed the blame finger at Doc Rivers. Mm, but it was Clippers both of them. Fired. No, no, they didn't like both of them. It was both of them. They didn't like both of them. Okay, so yes. they fired Doc Rivers. They get rid of Montrez Harrell, who also didn't necessarily agree with Paul George. They had some arguments in the middle of their, uh, that playoff. If I had to guess, well. I would say it was Harrell and Lou Williams who were the most annoyed. That's what I would guess. That it was... Montrez I mean, and, could you, and Lou Williams are the most annoyed, which I don't blame them for at all. I don't blame them for it all. Yeah. That's not how you build. They they were trying to build the championship team like the 2004 route where you could still, you know, have all that diva stuff. I feel like that's, that is, you know, a, a thing of the past at this point. Like guys just are not willing to put up with it. And yeah, they had things like Kawhi was showing up like very late, like an hour late to plane rides. And like, you know, all the guys on the team had to wait for him. And then Kawhi's just showing up, not really apologizing. And all the other guys are like, okay, if this was me, the plane would be gone. I'd, I'd have to go get my own plane ride. So I could see why I took a toll. But wait, continue your point. So, so after all of that, you end up telling Lou Williams and Bontrez Harold, bear in mind, Lou Williams took a pay cut to stay with the Los Angeles Clippers. The reason why Kawhi, the Los Angeles Clippers were viewed as a destination prior to the arrival of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was because the supporting cast was freaking awesome. If you remember, like they took the Golden State Warriors to, let me fact check my uh, myself, that first round series, I don't remember if it was six games or seven games. Six, six, six. I mean, yeah. Six games. Yeah. They were a team that was a superstar away. They got two. And... So then you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming through. It clearly didn't work out the very first year. And sure, you can, it should it should have on paper it did. So what you do is you fire Doc Rivers, you don't bring back Montrez Harrell, you ship Lou Williams who says he's going to retire if he leaves, which he didn't. Thank you Lou. To Atlanta, you bring in Rajon Rondo. And at this point, you have to look at Kawhi Leonard and think, "Okay, Clearly we've hit our ceiling. You know, there's nowhere to go here. And there's no way this team could improve because they're committed to Paul George for the next four years. So pretty much the Clippers chose Paul George over Kawhi Leonard 
just so they could have a star. Kawhi Leonard could be out of the door this summer, and I'm sure there's no reason for him to stay if the Clippers don't make it even, if they don't make a deep playoff run. At the same time, to play devil's advocate to myself, you can make the argument that Kawhi Leonard's content. He's already won multiple championships with think, the San Antonio Spurs and Toronto Raptors. Well, for one, it doesn't help that Shea is better than than Paul George right yeah, now. Yeah, see, that's the problem. That is what I will say the problem is. Like, if we have to take a step back further, it's the trade is what screwed them and what's going to really screw the Clippers if Kawhi decides oh, to yeah. leave. However, they you don't, get Kawhi, you don't get Kawhi if you don't make that trade. So that's the dis discussion. Like you could have the, you could say, you know, what if they didn't give up um, Shea and Gallo and all those picks and everything, you kept those, you kept the asset or uh, you did whatever, but they don't get Kawhi if they don't make that trade. So that's the problem. And I guess that ended up becoming one of those trades that is gonna, it gave away so many assets. It gave away, all those picks are so valuable. Like. That's the thing. When that trade happened, we all were like, oh my God, like, look at all these picks. Look, look, look at what that's going to mean in the future if like things blow up. But what you don't think about is like the next year when suddenly the Clippers are trying to trade for bigger, like, you know, guys that are willing to be traded come trade deadline or everything. And they don't have first round picks to give up while other teams do. So that, that trade in our contract. The Luke Kennard contract also doesn't help. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I get it. They're they're in a tough spot now. No asset, not many assets. You know, no picks. Shea's better than Kawhi. I mean, uh, Shea's better than Paul George. I mean, you know, it's tough, man. So yeah. here's the. So I want to bring up this rumor I'm reading, and you know, we we always make fun of this template. So let's make sure that we preface this. This is just a rumor. Wait, can, wait, can I also say one final thing? Yeah, of course. Okay. My last final thing was I will stick with um, that the Clippers didn't necessarily do anything horribly wrong. I still believe that it just didn't work out. Like, I will say they took a shot. They went, let's get Kawhi. Let's get Paul George. Let's make this happen. You know, those guys are both on the same timelines, too. You know, you get Che. He's not really in the same timeline as Kawhi. They're vastly different years apart. But regardless, yes, that didn't work out because you'd much rather have you'd rather have him than Paul George. I will say though they took their shot. I just think it just didn't work out. Other teams got much better than you would think. Like you see the Nets suddenly rise into this power in the East. And then that has a trickled effect where guys want to get traded to the Nets, where guys want to where suddenly LaMarcus and Blake are signing with the Nets as buyout guys, as Drummond's going to the Lakers, like the Clippers didn't get one of those big buyout guys that could have made a difference come the playoffs just well, because DeMarcus other teams, Cousins. Yeah, no. Uh, just because other teams though, just because other teams, like maybe if the Nets don't rise as much as they are, maybe the Clippers end up with Aldridge or something like that. So I just think that, you know, they took their shot and it just simply didn't work out that well, you know, and it's, it could really blow up in their face because their future but, but, is all given away. I think I think one thing that really hurt them also is like they simply, you know, they got Rondo now, but they don't have like that guy that's like a high level creator that makes everybody around them better. Like I know yeah. Kawhi can pass, but he's not like some elite passer. No. Like Paul George averaged 28 his final season with the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? We're, we were looking at like MVP Paul George Russell Westbrook had this guy playing phenomenal basketball. As much hate as Russ gets, 
like I, I don't know man it's hard to predict like a decline like that you know 28 points to 21.5 yeah I think, they, I think they made multiple mistakes along the way and i think it's kind of like you already gave paul george all this leverage and they you're right in a sense corzando you're right because they gave paul george all this leverage because they traded their entire future away from for him and shea gilgis alexander and if they didn't do that Kawhi leonard wouldn't have come and now they're pretty much handicapped for the future and if they didn't make this trade then they probably wouldn't have been relevant to begin with at the same and furthermore but i i would say i mean i would say if Kawhi leaves i would rather have never made that trade possibly like this could come down to a situation where you possibly rather never got Kawhi leonard or paul george on your team honestly because what what happens if Kawhi leaves right now how many of their picks are when when do they have their picks how many of their picks I think are 2026 Okay, and then you have Paul George as your best player, and no one wants to go sign with the Clippers. As they'll, Paul they'll trade Paul George. They'll, they'll trade Paul George. Yeah, they're they'll not gonna try to continue. That's Paul. true, but then also, wow. yeah. it's just the fact that you don't have any of your picks just kills your rebuild so much because you just can't tank. Like you just can't be like, yeah. Okay, I, we're I mean, taking I can this see them getting off. like four. I can they, see them getting like four picks back for PG though. Maybe, maybe three. They don't. If the have, Bulls are giving up two for Vucevic, then Paul George is an easy four. They don't have a pick. Yeah, a but those picks are going to be in pick. the 20s. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They don't I, have I, a first round pick until 2027. Be, other On top of all this, you're hearing a rumor from one of my favorite sources personally. And that source is, quote unquote, an NBA agent that told the NBA Analysis Network. So, very reputable source here, guys. Love that, that guy. His name is Paul Los Pierce. Angeles. <laughs> so uh los angeles clippers superstar Kawhi leonard could have interest in in parentheses in teaming up with bam Adebayo and jimmy butler because victor oladipo screw you we don't really care about you and the quote goes like this Kawhi could very well listen to pitches from other teams you don't say the age uh which is according to the agent that is something that he is considering if that does end up being the case, he would be intrigued at the possibility of joining the Miami Heat. Joining forces with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is something that he would absolutely have interest in. What Look, do you guys think? I of love this? the Miami Heat, but like I'm tired, bro. Like, they're <laughs> linked mean? to everybody. Like I love Miami, like it's like my favorite city, but I'm tired, man. They're like the new Celtics. Like oh my god, we're getting this guy, this guy, that guy, this guy. I mean, so and far we they get have. Victor Oladipo. They have. I mean, they said. Have they, they got really? him. Yeah, they got no, him. No, they got Oladipo. Honestly, yeah. Heat, they got Oladipo. Heat fans became the Laker fans where they have a jersey swap for everyone ready to go. You know, like when you see like a tweet, yeah. it's like Kawhi. Yeah, it's like Kawhi's interested. <laughs> Boom, Kawhi in that jersey already with Bam. Like, and it's like incredible. And it's like, oh, hey, th look, thanks for the thumbnail if it ever happens. I don't doubt that they like there are players that want to go to Miami and like Miami's a desirable destination. Like, I understand all that. But, like, at some point, like, we got to relax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I... Honestly, Kawhi, you know what? I'm changing my mind. Kawhi to the Bulls. All right. Let's think of this. The Heat, they already, no. had, they already had their championships in the last 15 years. All right. The Lakers, they've been doing their thing, whatever. Clippers, they're cursed forever. They're, they're just, there's no hope for them. <laughs> Chicago Bulls, we need, we need our next star shooting guard slash small forward. Um. 
He needs to return. What about wait, you know what, what Coop? You, you know what? What did you say about Levine? You know what, Coop? I'm I'm gonna call you out. You said that I wanted to waste Zach Levine's prime. So you know what? You if what if you, you so if you don't want to waste Zach Levine's prime, you want Kawhi on the Bulls. No, I want Zach Levine to go somewhere else. Zach Levine's not going anywhere. All right. Could you could you imagine Zach and Zion just for a second? Double Z's. Could you imagine Zach? Yeah, I know, right? Let's get it. Let's get him in Chicago. No, it's like no chance of that happening. Yo, you gotta. We gotta get like a soundboard. We have Lowry marketing. We have him on a sign and trade for Zion. Lowry marketing. Oh snap! I forgot y'all got Lowry. We got Lowry. My bad. I forgot. Y'all got Lowry. He's recently been benched by his own team. Um, Thaddeus Young is now starting. Lowry and and Vucevic. What are we thinking, man? What are we thinking with? Dude, there was no thought in that. I, 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 that. You know what? It really hurts me. It hurts me because Lowry marketing. I love Lowry. I've loved him. He's a good player. As soon as he's a good player. Yeah, he's pretty good. But the problem is that like he hasn't shown enough improvement at all. And uh, when he was a rookie, though, and like getting into that second season, I was like, dude, we've got the next seven footer that's draining threes. This guy's going to be a 25 point per game scorer, which wasn't crazy um, to think. He was averaging like 18, 17, 18 as a rookie, but it just hasn't happened. Him and Vooch are not a, you can't, there's no defense. I I, I think it's one of those things. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Now Thaddeus Young starts again. I think he needs a new situation, honestly. To be honest with you, like look, yeah, I agree. I Chicago agree. is great. He doesn't but, fit. Uh, you like? I mean, you like Billy Donovan? Um, I think I, we might have talked about this on the mock pod that you guys will never see at home. But um, no, I think when I said I agree with what I said at the time, which is that Jim Boylan was such a bad coach that it's like it's hard to just. You know, it's only like the first season really, like post boiling. So like everything is good. Like it's like, okay, you know, maybe he did this, like not, maybe this wasn't the best, but it does seem like Billy's at least learning from his mistakes or like the mistakes of the rosters were going on. Like we benched Wendell, we benched Kobe at one point, And that's when we started, did, uh, we have, you know, Tomas starting and we've got Thad starting. I like our team right now. I think we're going to end up in the playoffs. So there's not much more I could ask for for the Bulls because it's it feels like I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like just for it's been horrible the last like few seasons. I, I just want to just want to be in the playoffs. So I have a question. <clears throat> Let's say through some luck, OK, one of your teams, which, you know, the Pelicans and the Bulls are the equivalent yeah. to basketball garbage. We could all agree about that. One of them ended Whoa, up in the top God. of the NBA draft. We produced what? the greatest what? player of Whoa. all time. Bro, bro, I mean, well, he's, currently, he's got a point. Currently. Got a point. We produced, like, the second greatest point guard of all time. Like, what are we talking about right now? I mean, and you guys also pretty much gave the Lakers a championship by trading us Anthony Davis. So thank you. But let's say tomorrow, I mean, like in a couple of months from now, when the NBA draft lottery is announced, the Chicago Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans somehow end up with the second and the third pick in the NBA draft. Right? We're going to be in the playoffs. You guys just... We don't even own our... I'll tell you right now. Two years from now, the Pelicans are going to be way better. (laughs) The Pelicans will be better than the Lakers in two years. All those picks, straight cash, homie. We're going to the bank with those. LeBron can only carry you guys for so long. And he's going to, I think he's leaving LA to team up with Bronny to keep it a stack with you. So I'm not even worried about those picks becoming cash. I mean, I'm just saying for this year, okay, let's say 
the scenario is you guys end up with top three picks. You guys just saw what Jalen Suggs was able to do in the NCAA tournament. Would you use one of your picks, either one of you, if you're the Bulls or if you're the Pelicans, would you use a pick, a top three pick on Jalen Suggs? Of course. What type of question is that? It's just fucking, it's freaking Jalen Suggs, bro. He's amazing. I mean, He's I'm so going re- to read the top five of the potential NBA mock draft for you guys that I'm reading on NBA draft.net currently. Number one, Minnesota takes Cade Cunningham, which I don't think they're going to get the number one pick again. Number two, Detroit takes Evan Mobley, power forward slash center out of USC. Number three, the Rockets take Jalen Suggs, a point guard. You guys saw what he did from Gonzaga. I'm from UCLA, so he broke my heart. Number four, the Magic took, take Jalen Green out of the G League. And number five, the Wizards take Jonathan Kaminga, also out of the G League. Do you think Jalen Suggs is at least worth making it into the top five of this year's NBA draft? Sure. I think I think easily. Yeah. Yeah. But also yeah. I I'm interested to see what the two G League guys do. Because I would like to say, like, I mean the NBA tried this year to have a G League with, you know, two guys that were top five prospects. And I feel like it did not get nearly the media attention they would hope for. They hoped for, right? I mean, they were on the same team. I saw they were the last seed in the G League tournament when that happened and they lost. So I, it's kind of to me, like, it's kind of weird because it's like they're playing in the G League, Jalen Green and Kuminga, but they it, they might as well have played overseas. It's like one of those situations where Bro, yeah, now you're yeah, like yeah, evaluating prospects and it's like, okay, well we saw this guy in college for 24 games and now, but we saw this guy against G League Town and just makes things a little messy, I yeah. guess. It makes it harder for town evaluators. And But I would like, I, I like Jalen Suggs. Don't get me wrong at all. Like I, I'm not at all saying, I'm not even putting like an ounce towards the hate train here. I'm just saying that Sometimes when, especially when it comes to the NCAA tournament and especially when it comes to guys like making runs, sure, has it helped someone like a Kemba Walker who was not going to be drafted where he was, you know, launch into the scene and you got a guy like Kemba and he becomes a better draft pick and he becomes an all-star. Yeah, sure. But for every Kemba, I'd say from what I've seen, it's about like 80% of the time someone gets overhyped because of the NCAA tournament and then they end up, uh, you know, disappointing or failing to yeah. meet expectations because they're in that national eye, because they're that guy that's like, oh, it's a March Madness star, you know? So it's a little dangerous, but I mean, again, I think Jalen Suggs is definitely, he's a, he's a different story because Gonzaga was undefeated all year. He was a star all year for them. You know, he fit in great with a team that was uh, already had a ton of talent. So I think he'll be great, but. I'm, I think I'm the G League stuff is stupid. I I, I, I think really it's dumb. Like I think it's. Facts. I think yeah. at that point it's just. I think because I think you know what I think the G League stuff is. This is my bold bold prediction on this one. Maybe not so bold. I think what the G, G League stuff though is. I think it's the NBA taking like a small step, and not immediately getting rid of the one and done rule. But this is their like first step towards it. I think they're like okay, let's let these guys get paid, and then they're going to be like. Okay, well, you know, if they're already getting paid in the G League, I, I, I why wouldn't know. we just put them in the NBA? Which I myself See, agree. Why would why would you make them have to go play in the G League? Why can't they just play in the NBA at that point? Because I could I could provide a fantastic argument to that. 
If you take a look at all the young players in the NBA so far, a lot of them have a ton of injury risk. You look at players like Marvin Bagley, for example, Trey Young in the earlier part of his career. Here, let, I, I don't let me pull up the list, but these players don't necessarily have NBA ready bodies because they're coming into the NBA at the age of 19 to 20. So what I think the vision for the NBA here wasn't just so the players could get paid, but they have an opportunity to go up against NBA G League talent, which could also show where these G League players stand in terms of being compared to a up and coming NBA prospect. And at the same time, they could work on their game, become more NBA ready, and then hopefully maybe at the age of 2021, 20, enter the NBA, kind of like a farm system. That doesn't make sense to me though. That was, that's never been a problem. That was never a problem with high school. Yeah. Okay, look, look, it was look. never a problem that so, a high school athlete was that they were getting like abnormally injured. The only real problem was is, that there was a, like so some Ben bus. Simmons, so Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons Lonnie played Walker. in college. I'm talking about guys that jumped right to the league when, yeah, when they get into the league dealing with injuries. But what that your argument makes literally no sense if you're talking about guys that played why does in it college. make no sense? You're talking about guys that played in college. Yeah, the NBA, I'm, I'm talking about a player that enters the NBA and ha is significantly more susceptible to injury risk as a result of entering the NBA too early. You're talking about a 19 year old. Yeah, but that's going to happen like at any. You're, if that happened to Ben Simmons, who literally looked like he was 24 at the age of 17, like, I don't, I don't, I still don't see your argument here. Like, teams are going to draft who they're going to draft. It, once they have them on their team, they could, you know, play them. Or I would, I would rather players with an NBA with an NBA training staff than a collegiate one. That's exactly. A, that's I'm not disagreeing opinion. with that, but I'm just saying that. I mean, I I don't think that was what the NBA was trying to necessarily do. I mean, maybe. No, I think I think the reason put them in they a professional atmosphere, but I don't think it had anything really to do with injuries. I think the reason they did the one and done stuff is because they were trying to quote unquote protect the players. I think that was the whole um, narrative surrounding that stuff, which I thought was really dumb because, you know, being somebody that's played basketball myself and played at a high level, I've always felt that like, look, if you're good enough to go from high school to the NBA, you're probably going to be able to play in just about any league you want, even if you fizzle out, like you're going to make great money. And uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna probably have a successful basketball career, even if you want to just go back to coaching. You know, schools look at that and they're like, oh, well, you were this phenomenal talent, blah blah blah. We, we could get you a gig. So you know, I never really agreed with that whole, oh, we're protecting the players for, from them themselves. You know, and I think it's dumb. Why even have players have to go to the G League for a year? Like, just let them go right to the league. I'm, I don't I'm know. fully on board with just let them go like let someone make their own choice honestly like i mean the nba it's like and it's interesting it's interesting because a lot of people feel like europe is catching up like with the rest of the world well you could go pro in europe at like 14 you go pro in europe right? yeah you look at luca yeah 14 15 you look at all these guys they all do that so yeah. the thing is actually i would say mike i'll take what you were saying in terms of like okay injuries that kind of stuff that i would say could be a good thing um, in terms of the infrastructure part, maybe the NBA puts more money or, you know, you have a new position open up on some teams rosters with these young guys where they're being like, you know, teaching them different kinds of things that guys from 2003, 2002 weren't getting 
um, taught, but I still just believe that these guys, you know, if you have the talent, you, I think you should be allowed to play in the NBA. I think it's so stupid that you have to go, you know, pretend like you're going to college for a year and, you know, a lot of these guys don't go to classes or whatever, or even worse, force them to go play overseas. Like guys have to go play overseas for a yeah. year. Who knows what kind of coach you're talking about coaching and development there. Who knows what's happening there? They're suddenly competing for playing time with 30 year old grown men who are trying to put, you know, bread on the table for their family. It's that's just a weird situation. So I just feel like just let them just just let them get drafted at this point. And I don't think the rule yeah, should have ever uh, changed. I, so I want you to picture something, okay? The last big hyped prospect from two years ago was Zion Williamson, or last year, Lamella Ball. And what would you do if you wanted to watch Zion Williamson? You would watch the NCAA. So imagine instead of Zion Williamson going to Duke and then declaring for the NBA draft, immediately after high school, Zion Williamson declares for the NBA draft. Whoever drafts Zion Williamson gets to hold his rights. So the Pelicans draft Zion Williamson a year early or the the year uh, the year before that, the Phoenix Suns had the number one pick. The Suns draft Zion Williamson with the number one pick. And instead of just going to college or instead of, you know, instead of going to college, he would play for the G League and multiple other prospects would be in the G League and they'd be going up against other G League competition. Why? One, we could push we could uh, we can completely just move away from how good it is for the player and training and whatnot it's good for the business of the nba now you have zion williamson playing in a league that typically would be ignored people would tune in to watch zion play in the g league people would tune in to watch lamello ball play in the g league so in terms of a business it's significantly more beneficial for the NBA to do something like that instead of having, I don't know, Zion go straight to the NBA and then have the New Orleans Pelicans hold him on a minutes restriction. This will never happen. The, the NBA Players Association would never allow this because no player would ever want this. Coop, please back me up here. What? Who would want to be like, okay, I've got drafted to the NBA, but now I have to go play in the G League for 20 games. You're, you're, you're gonna be seeing a lot of guys pulling their hamstrings and being like, oh, sorry, I can't play for eight games. Like, what? They would not want to be playing G League yeah. basketball if they. No, 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 no. I, 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 I agree. Go to I, NBA. I agree, and I want to backtrack what I said a little bit because I kind of misworded what I said. I said like Europe is catching up with the rest of the world, but like European basketball is like phenomenal. I didn't mean to say it like that. I, I wanted to. What I wanted to say is like it's really interesting that you know, I feel like a lot of these, uh, a lot of these kids in America. They're getting taken advantage of by like AAU coaches that ne don't necessarily teach them anything. And AAU is essentially a business now. Being somebody that's been through the system and all that, and uh, where you see as in Europe, you know, these kids are going to phenomenal systems, you know, they're becoming pros at young ages, you know, they're getting the fundamentals, they're getting all this extra stuff that, you know, some of these guys aren't necessarily getting in the States. So, let me get the straight coop. Whose side are you on in terms of Mike Corzemba and I? Do you agree do that it's probably better for the player? Like Coop, you played professional basketball, right? You played AAU basketball, and yeah, AAU's not pro, but yeah, I played. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, what I mean, you played like legit basketball. Coop, you were on the league, yeah. I was. So, on the hey, they could use me. No cap, they could use me. So you have an option here, okay? Which sounds more appealing to you? You could either yeah. get drafted immediately, like after your senior year of high school, 
Then you play under your contract in the G League for a year. What? You know, but maybe my, wait, hold on. Extra year. My whole thing is that there should just. I don't want to go to the G League. My whole. I, I don't want to go to the. Yeah, G League. no one wants to go to G League. And also, my whole thing is not either that. My whole thing is just get rid of these restrictions. Just let them get drafted. Let them go. Yeah. If you can play, you can. So play. that's me. I don't. I don't want any restrictions. Also, I would like I to point out that one of the biggest problems was that these guys declare. I would. I think that there are several things that are different right now. One, the culture and the climate around these high school kids around okay so the last draft was two, 2005 so much has changed in the last 15 16 years okay i think that we're gonna be, we'd be seeing a lot less misses than we were and a lot less second round picks than we were personally i think that but even if that was the case even if there are still guys that are going undrafted second round picks we now have we now do have a much better g league infrastructure in place where those guys would be able to end up and that would be perfectly fine. You know, the best guys, the guys that could go and play on a team right away, they can go do that. They go, you know, Zion gets drafted, he goes and plays. Um, and then, I mean, the minutes restriction was based on a prior injury that you brought up before. But anyway, um, Zion goes and plays. And then the guys that can't cut it right now, they go, they develop in the G League. So for me, it's the best of both Imagine you're a G League guy trying to make a living and you got a freaking guard Zion Williamson. Are you kidding me? That's a chance for you to step up. People are actually watching I'm your games I'm not stepping now. up against Zion. Dude, I don't Williamson. think I think that I think your whole thing has has two major flaws, which is one, no one right now uh the G League guys uh Green and Kuminga, they only are doing the G League and are interested in it because that's their option. Like they didn't have an option of like you can play in the NBA. If it suddenly became this whole thing where you technically did get drafted into the NBA, but now you have to play in the G League, I think it just creates a whole different mindset where guys are like, "Why are you telling me what to do?" Like, I don't like. I don't think it would be good. I also don't think the Players Association would go with it. I, I can't see them agreeing with it. Um, and two, I don't think it would be as much CTV as you think, personally. Like, we already saw two top prospects go through the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, they got basically zero national exposure. And yeah, there would be bigger names, but I don't think, I just think at the end of the day, people want to see people play in the NBA. I think it'd be more beneficial, you know, yeah, like if LeBron was in the G League when he was a 18 year old, he would have brought in more views to the G League. But what's the point? Just the, like yeah, he was bringing in views to the NBA. You can't compare Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green being in the G League to what LaMelo Ball would have done for the G League if he was playing for uh, for like 20 games. But like, what's the point understand. though? I just don't understand. Why are you trying? Why are you even trying to hype up the G League? What's the point of getting First abuse of for them? Like literally LaMelo, if you look at what LaMelo has done right now for the Hornets, like what what is the point of getting someone like Lamelo? Not, to just, you know, not all players are Lamelo. Some players are Lonzo. You know, some players come in with broken <laughs> jumpers, and some players actually need to work on their game. That's a why I'm bit before that's why the two the there. Court. If they need to play in the G League, go ahead. But I don't think you, that's why I don't think NBA. you should tell. I don't think you should be able to tell an NBA player or, or a player who has the skill to play in the NBA what he can or not like can't do i don't think you should be like okay you're restricted to go play in the g league i think if the general manager of that team thinks like oh you need to go play in the g league that's fine whatever but i think if a guy is good enough to play in the nba he should be able to play in the nba mike that's such a flawed take too because like 
Lonzo, like, I, I, college, you could, like, college didn't really do anything for Lonzo's shot. Like, he shot well in college, but he shot well with broken mechanics also. And I'm not sure the G League would have did anything either. It wasn't until he got with the NBA coach, Fred Vinson, you know, where things really started to turn around. So, hey, man. And I you know, know, at the end of the day, at the end Mike. of the day, yeah, sure. Are there going to be some G League? Like, is it going to be, are they going to have good development coaches in the G League? Yeah, but the best development coaches are going to be in the NBA. So, yep, yep, it's that hands simple. down. I'm sure that if you drafted Zion Williamson with your top pick, you'll send your top conditioning coach to the G League to make sure above your own team. Conditioning the you're NBA. Gonna, wait, you're gonna, Why can't he just condition the NBA? They're not gonna just be like. I mean, you're getting like, him a oh, year hey guys, earlier instead of going to Duke. Coach. He goes to the G League, or instead he just goes to, to your Duke, team. Goes, What's the problem? Yeah. Like literally, there was no problem. Honestly, there was no problem with this. The NBA just freaking, I, I don't even know what happened. Like, there was just no problem. I want, I want a girl that views me the way Flight Mike views the G League. Yeah, I don't that's get it. Like, why do you love the G League so much? That's like, that was, that's my whole thing. I'm like, why they are you do it in the baseball? So they do it in baseball and it works out remarkably baseball well. Baseball is so different. It's such a specialized skill set. That's bro, the problem. You're telling pro, like, you, really No, yeah, you can. Mike, you have to make it right 82 games. You can go right to the MLB. It's just, wait, what Mike is saying is arguing against himself. Because in the because in the MLB you are able to go right from high school to the majors right away if you were good enough. No, you're not. Yes, that's you are. not how it works yes, you at are. all. You, you are, get drafted no, and then you, you go through are a farm allowed system to and go, then you go no, to the MLB. No, you're allowed to go to the MLB. You're allowed to go there. It's just you're not good enough, so they put you into a lower level system yeah, I, I, and work on you your skills, right. and you then right. you get good enough, and then you play in the majors. To that is a, a fact. Majors. Here we go. Um, I know I'm yeah, right. We don't need to Google this. Coop, who's uh, right? Mike yeah. or Mike? Yeah. No, I think he's right. Uh, apparently, there's only been one guy that's done it. Xavier Nady is the only non-pitcher to go directly to the MLB since John... Oh, oh man, I'm going to butcher his name. Olo, I'm Olo my, in 1989. So My proposal is more based on the things that I feel like a lot of you guys are sleeping on. And it's the fact that you're taking these kids and telling them, hey, instead of playing from like September sporadically, maybe for like, I don't know, 35 games. Yeah, your 19 year old or 20 year old body has to now make it through a grueling 82 game season where the competition's significantly well, steeper. That's, so I, that's just not true. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be playing these guys these insane minutes regardless also um, what's one year do, the, eventually they have to make that leap like that it's just gonna be the same yeah. thing like there you're you either go to college and you play 30 games you either go high school to college where you play 30 games or 30 to 40 games and then go to the nba or you just go high school to N nba regardless same same difference both times guys have to take a vast leap in the amount of yeah. games they're playing. Like, um, that's like, if anything, we see guys like Greg Oden, he got hurt because he had to make that leap. He spent a year in college, still got hurt. Honestly, the NBA, uh, that's like a different argument. You could argue there's too many games, which I actually think there might be. I agree. Uh, that's that's like a whole nother argument. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them cutting down some, having having more games uh, hold some weight. I, I agree with that I as agree. well. That, I would yeah, agree I with more with that. that. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see that also probably because of just the revenue. I don't but. know, man. Silver's kind of been wilding. Like he's 
definitely like been yeah but some stuff you around. have to like, you have if to... you're the 10th seed you could now get in the playoffs like are you kidding me? yeah but that's stuff that doesn't affect the money that's going into an owner's pocket if you're telling this guy hey yeah but also oh yeah yeah five, that, that is true five that home, it... like if you take out away 10 games that's five home games every owner now misses out yeah on. but you know maybe he would take away some games i mean he'd probably like add a tournament or something you know i would love but, to uh, see um yeah. What do you guys think about the midseason tournament that like has been proposed? Um, I had my one friend, he suggested that to have a midseason tournament and the prize for it would be a draft pick somewhere, maybe around pick number like 40. He said, he said, if you're team 21 through 30 in the standings, you would get like the, he said something crazy, like the 14th pick. So he said standings would play into it. And then if you were a team 11 through 20, you would get the yeah. uh, 40th pick. And then like <laughs> one through 10 would get the uh, 60th pick. Bro. But I would, I would be interested As in a, a Pelicans fan, I'd love that as a Pelicans fan. I think it'd be cool. Give us something we can win. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be cool. If you, you have to, of course, incentivize it. But if you put, what do you think like the right prize would be pick wise? Because you can't go too far. That's the problem. But if you give out a pick that's like number 31, you know, like pick number 31, like basically an extra first round pick, um, like end of first round pick, like that pick becomes valuable come trade deadline. If it's instantly tradable, boom, you could trade that. Um, that would make that tournament I think exciting. It, I think a tournament between the four worst teams in the NBA, potentially for like the number one pick or would potentially be interesting, but it is interesting i can't come up with any good incentives that's off the top of my head i think a pick would be interesting i don't know what other incentive you could really give um i guess obviously money you could just have the players make it, more money it, it would if they could figure out a way to do that though where like you get all the worst teams in the nba and the prize is playing for the number one overall pick, which no. this is just me living in a fantasy world. I don't think it sounds tangible at all, but that would completely shake up the way things are done in the NBA. That'd tanking teams no longer. Yeah, tanking teams can't fully tank anymore because you could tank, but you want to be good enough to win the number one pick in the tournament. Think of, so, think of the that, mindset, though, of like, OK, here's the here's the problem is that you have to think of the mindset. There'd be so much politics going on in the players own heads like for instance let's say you're like a 22 year old small forward and you just average like 12 points a game okay and you're you're good you're promising uh you're in your third like second or third season and the number one pick is a small forward you know and so you're now playing for like oh if i win like if our team wins we get that guy that's taking my position and now i don't know what's going on with me or if you do that with a point guard or something, or, you know, if you think of what what is the motivation for a guy who's like, you know, 33 years old and he's just a veteran, like, I don't know. The games would be, in an ideal world, that would be really cool, but it'd be interesting to see guys' motivations for playing and how much they're really gonna give for um, bonus games. Yeah, again, it is just a absolute fantasy of mine. Maybe it's hatch be... a cash prize at the end of that. Everyone gets an extra mil. Imagine that you get first pick. Every player gets, I mean, maybe a million is too much, but I mean, they could probably figure they could probably like revenue share. Um, 
like give a percentage of the I'm sure additional there's some cash received. amount that that would be worth it yeah all right so you know we got a little heated there all right we got a little anger i liked it though guys in the comments i you know i hope you guys like that energy i want to end this podcast with a story that i got kind of i didn't get really cut off i got we got sidetracked but i had a question in my head during the last podcast that i wanted to ask and i really want to hear mike the flight mike i want to hear how what was it like flight versus flight 1v1 basketball i want to know the behind the scenes i want to know how that that went down what was it like so oh man this story is like months in the making so this is how it started about a year ago when my YouTube channel, well, a little bit, we're in March of 2021. So I'd say in October of 2019, when my channel finally was starting to take off, um, a Instagrammer by the name of, uh, here, let me see, an Instagrammer by the name of Ryan, who was an NBA trainer, the guy that trains flight, reached out to me and said, hey, um, I'm very interested in you and I collaborating somehow, some way, if you see a way for us to do it, let me know. And for me, my rule with collaborations is like, I'm always down to collab. It just has to make sense, you know? So at the time, October of 2019, didn't make sense, but we followed each other. And, um, you know, to this day, we still have a good relationship with each other. So, and here, I'm trying to pull up his Instagram here. Yeah, R2B Ball. A Instagrammer by the name of R2B Ball reaches out to me and tells me that he wants to collaborate with me. And I just told him it didn't make sense for the time being because I didn't do any IRL stuff. I was mainly doing what I do now, off camera, like quick analysis videos on the NBA. So I see like in February of 2020 or like in, in like May of 2020, sorry, I reach out to him and I'm like, yo, like, you know, flight and I go back and I wanted to do like an analysis video on just flights game. And if you wanted to like be featured in the video, give your tidbits, give your tips on it, we could do that. Wait, so what kind of, you were going to do an analysis video? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Also, we're going to so like, get into you and flight getting, going back late in a different pod. But, um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, Coop's, in, Coop's included in that, by the way. Flight Coop. Yeah, and you I, actually met Flight through me. Yeah, I, I met think. Flight through Coop. Yeah. So, so um, we. I wanted to do an analysis video of him originally. Wait, and what do you the, mean by the that? The reason why is just like kind of like what I do currently. You know, like just analyze his one v ones, analyze the shots he takes, analyze how he could get better, stuff like that. Which is I ironic. Know Low ended up doing that. Yeah, Lo ended up doing that like way, way after. But before I reached out to him about it, um, reached out to R2B Ball about it. So eventually he said he responds to me and says, actually, I'm training flight for June. And I'm like, oh, well, this changes things. Where do you guys train? He's like at San Diego. I'm like, OK, for sure. Um, Well, does he have any opponents coming up because june is like right around the corner and this is when covid was starting to hit so the pandemic hits and i ask him i'm like yo do you think flight would want to face me in a 1v1 i think we're at like the same skill level 
uh, this is just some context here. I have not been in the gym for three months at this point. I haven't touched a basketball in seven months at this point because of the restrictions of COVID. So I didn't like how I looked. I didn't think I was ready at all, but I at the same time understand that in terms of like high entertainment value, you get Flight and I on a basketball court and like, we're gonna do something great. So he responds and says, look, just reach out to him. And if he's down, then he's down. So I flight follows flight follows me from like our time way, way, way back. And I reach out to him and I'm like, yo, do you have any opponent for June? I'm pretty much the same skill level as you. I would not be shocked if you kick my ass because you've been training. I have not been training. It, this is a good matchup for you if you want to go 1v1. And he pretty much confirms that he has no opponents for June and he needs someone because this dude has been saying for the past like two, three months, yo, come June, I'm gonna be ready. Just you guys wait. I'm gonna be ready to like, yeah. I'm gonna be like a basketball legend in June. So I pull up to, uh, so that weekend, I was so out of shape. Like, dude, I know in the video, like some people say, hey, Mike looks built. Hey, Mike lifts. I was insanely out of shape. There was no treadmill. Like my running routine was significantly diminished. Like it, I, it was just not a good time for me to do any type of basketball activity at all whatsoever. So I go there and the day before I meet up with the trainer, the trainer literally teaches me like one move and like tells me every single thing that's wrong with my game and pretty much tells me that I'm like a gigantic lost cause. You know, like everything about like my game is horrific. And if he wanted, if I wanted with months and months and months of work, he would happily train me. But he told me I had a lot of work to do. And I'm like, okay, who do you think would win in a 1v1 versus flight? And he says he would. I'm like, um, okay, why? He said, I've been training. I've been training him for about a month to two months. So he's definitely gonna, he has a good chance against you. So that night, you know, I'm in San Diego, you know, I'm drinking with some buddies. So that night didn't really sleep very well. Next morning I wake up and I'm nervous cause I'm going up against, I'm his first opponent in June. So <laughs> I get there, I meet flight, you know, I meet everyone there. And uh, we uh, start the 1v1. Now, what people are accusing me of, which completely blows my mind, is they think Flight and I, like, step back, sat back and, like, planned some crazy maneuver for him to, like, cross me over. That couldn't be further than the truth. Yeah, I, um, just, well, I, I come just, in and I, I ask. the video up. Oh, my God. God wait, hold on, yeah. hold on. Play the clip. Now that you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> so I, uh, so the first thing I ask flight before we play is dude, like, how's your vert? Are you going to dunk on me? He's like, bro, I can't dunk on you. Like, uh, we sat back, we like caught up a little bit. First of all, like dude's an awesome guy, really nice guy, really humble dude. Um, really, really awesome guy. Um, we play one, we play one V one by the time we get to like our third point of the game, I am gassed out of my mind. 
And the yeah. worst part is my brother's there recording me, you know? And like, this is when my, like, I'm really starting to make YouTube a little bit more legitimate for myself. And he's like, looking at me, he's like, come on, man. And I'm like, don't say come on, man, to me, bro. Like, <laughs> so we, we face each other in the 1v1. The guy, if you compare this 1v1 compared to all of his other 1v1s, the dude just came out with like a fire in his eyes, you know, like he hit a step back jumper on me. Well, contested for crying make out a loud. Statement? Can I make a statement? I'm watching this. Yeah, make a statement. I would so easily drop both of you guys so easily. It wouldn't even be close. Oh my God. I just, I would, right. I would wager any amount of money. Oh my God. Either flight. Well, flight, if you're watching this right now, let's set it up. I will, I'll fly anywhere. Oh so my God. Play, I'm watching flight cross you up. You're on the ground and him pull up an air ball. Air ball. Talk about ruining a clip, but he still instant replayed it. Yeah, I know. Like, it was, I kept Brother saying, like, Center. I was not prepared to play that Wait, game. What? Was that a joke? What? Me? You just said it was on SportsCenter. No, I was, was a joke. I'm, 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 it was on yeah, SportsCenter. No, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it, it was on yes, SportsCenter. Bro, it was on Sports You were Center. on SportsCenter on the ground? Yes. No. My, parent, my parents told me they were so proud of me, by the way. They're like, oh my <laughs> God, you made it. That's yeah, so like, the, like, my, like, like they, they were so proud. They're like, oh my God, you made it to SportsCenter. I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's like, it's not like how I imagined it, but. That's pretty bittersweet. Um, how, did, how did you imagine it? Like, yeah. I don't know, how did you imagine yeah, it? It's not. Yeah, um, you know, maybe like yeah. potentially like commentating one of the games one oh, day yeah. or something like that, <laughs> okay. you know, like not me getting my ankles broken, but again, like oh I want to emphasize this over and I, if this was any other Why time, was this on you know, like maybe four. Why? Because it was a moment of basketball Bro, they're greatness. they're a meme account now. They're, they're like wait, but wait, they should, wait, Have you not been following SportsCenter? Uh, no. Yeah, they post like a lot of memes and stuff. Oh. This was a moment. This was of like the. Yeah, go ahead. This was a this was an epic moment in basketball history. I don't I don't blame them. So like the video for uh, something. So we finished the game. You know, flight and I catch up. We hang out a little bit after the game. What was um, the final score? And. I forget, but I think I only got one basket up. Like again, I saw you made it. I you made it three. Really out of shape. That game yeah. had to take like an hour. What that game? Yeah. Did, how long? It seemed like an hour. I got. Oh no, bricks! I'm watching this. <laughs> so a lot of people also bring up what I was wearing. So right before we go in, I actually the plan was to go in with like a LeBron James jersey, you know, just to like kind of mess with him. There was like a big five next to the hoop house. And all they had were curry jerseys. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to dress up like a level one, my player, you know, just so people could remember, like, just so people can remember my face pretty much. And it, in that, in that aspect, it kind of worked. Although people recognize me as the guy that got crossed by flight to this day, like at least people understand what I look like. And that was like the first time I made my appearance known in like a vlog or whatnot. Um, after the game, in terms of like the business aspect of it, Flight Let Me posted first, and then both of us made it into trending. I have a screenshot of it where number one is ankle breaking 1v1 versus the Flight Mike. So I found YouTube's algorithm to be very interesting in that regard as well. I asked him if he wanted to rematch. And like I said, man, like 
if a collab makes sense, you know, for both parties, they're going to take uh, part of it. So far, when I reached out to him in regards to like a rematch, he hasn't responded, but he's responded to me for other instances. So I just assumed it didn't make sense for him. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's cool, man. You know what? To me, this brings up two reactions. Three. One, guys, comment down below anything you want to know more about this. Comment down below if you want to, any questions we're not asking or just anything in general. Two, um, I'll, I'll say, what was what was the reaction social media comment-wise? Like, were you getting tweets? Were you getting stuff like that? What were people um, saying to you? People were... Um, like people were coming over. I was live streaming on Twitch at the time and people were coming over saying, wow, you got crossed. You seem like a cool dude though. And for the most part, people like perceived me in a fairly positive light, um, mainly because I handled the L with like class and grace. And yeah. I honestly knew that this was a potential outcome, but I also don't back down from potentially uncomfortable situations. And I'm a huge believer that if you know how to do if you know how to handle the spotlight properly, then it could be a positive experience for yourself. So nah, I definitely give you credit for being his first opponent. You know, yeah, you were you were number one trending. That's crazy. You got crossed. He got his freaking clickbait on that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a dope experience. It was it was an awesome experience. Um, every time I reflect upon it, I have a smile on my face and. Uh, yeah, I'm open to other 1v1s. If any, if I have any challengers, you know, bring it on. I'm, I can't wait. And I cannot wait until this podcast <laughs> rises to a level where we could hype this up and I will just have a crowd watching as... Coop, Coop has to play with one hand tied behind his head. Uh, yeah, Coop, I don't know. I'll I feel like you're your level I'll play all high. two versus one. Oh my God, I'll we'll play, play you 2v1 one. easy. No, you won't. What is this no, statement? 2v1? Mike, no, you won't. Mike. I would put... I would put Cash Mike, down. Mike, literally just Mike, just Mike. all you have to do, just you just practice layups. That's all you have to do. Just under the basket, <laughs> catch and lay it in. And I will You're asking will, a lot. I will get I will get just I will make sure my I mean my jumper's already nice. It always is. I'll just make sure I'll, I can cash every every he'll have to guard one of us. Boom. And you know what? You step out to guard. Have that you three? seen Mike take a layup? You know what? Have I'm not ripping Mike. I'm not here to rip Mike. This is my teammate apparently now in two v one. I asked the question. It sounds like you're ripping him to me. If you can't even say you've seen him take a layup, I I just watched the game. It wasn't great. Um, it wasn't great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I I can't wait to play. I, I I'm all for the content. I mean, if you look at me, you know what, guys? I will tell the story next time because uh, we gotta we gotta save a little juice for some further uh, podcast, but I will tell the story about me playing against Kate, Caitlin, Caitlin, I'll, I kind of forget her last name, but I'll, I'll tell the story where I played against Michigan's all time leading scorer for girl, uh, for girls basketball. She has over 3000 points scored. I took an L I'll, I'll, I, but I, yeah. but I can explain. I, I can explain. All right, guys. Well, Thank you for watching episode two of the Lace Up Podcast. And I want to say, guys, thank you for being so supportive in the comments. A lot of you guys have just been awesome saying you're so excited for the pod. And we are too. We are so excited to keep growing, to keep grinding, to push. We are all in here. As you can see, you know, I'm in Boston right now. I'm recording the podcast anyway, because this is top priority. 
So, what do you guys think about the reception from episode one? Honestly, I love it. I'm excited for, like, judging based off of that being our pilot episode and knowing we're only going to get better and we're going to only do, like, crazier and crazier stuff in the pods and the plans that we have, I am exhilarated by this entire venture that we have. Yep. Same. Everybody's saying that, you know, they, uh, they like the pod. I like that. Keep that up. Yeah. They said that people have been saying they like us as a three, which I agree with. I think, you know, this is great dynamic and cannot wait to keep going. And guys, thank you so much for your support. Honestly, with that in mind, make sure to like this video, make sure to subscribe to the Lace Up Podcast. And also we are on Apple and Spotify. If you guys can give us a review, you know, listen on Apple, subscribe there. Five-star review would be awesome. Have an awesome day, guys. Cue the music.